I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I am here with Phil. Hello, Philip. Hello, Jonathan. On this, the wonderful MWDP. Now, in case you don't know what MWDP means, it means Midweek Domestic Podcast. Tim's favourite podcast of the week. And as I say that, hello, Tim. How are you? Very well. Still down the line, unfortunately, in a remote location, the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container is still in rural Kent. Oh, I thought you were hanging out with Justin Trudeau. That's why we couldn't know where you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the convoy. I'm, the, the TMO shipping container is on the back of a truck. Wow, look at that. Doing your, doing your bit for freedom. Well done, Tim. <laughs> Wonderful news. Uh, this is the, M, the, the MWDP. Um, which deals with all things domestic uh, rugby, but unfortunately we've, we're going to have to start with a very, very sad bit of news. So um, I think I'll hand this over to you, Tim. Yeah, I, I think we would just want to take a moment to say that everyone connected with Evesham Rugby Club and with one of its players, Jack Jeffrey, uh, and his family, friends and uh, and loved ones, just send, sending thoughts. Uh, it's... Uh, absolutely tragic situation where in, in the act of scoring a try he suffered uh, an injury which took his life and just a, hor- a horrific thing to happen yeah. on, on a rugby field and um, yeah just really really tragic news so I think it has been which will be heartwarming for for the family at, at least and bring them some solace it has been widely spread around the rugby community which does what it does best at times like this and uh, we definitely echo those sentiments. Yeah, it's, a, it's just horrendous. I mean, there are risks, aren't there, with all sorts of uh, contact sports, and it rarely happens, but when it does happen, it doesn't get any easier. So, yeah, really, really uh, upsetting stuff. And, uh, yeah, thoughts with uh, all, those, uh, all, all those affected. Absolutely. <sighs> right, uh, let's get on with this. Let's start oh, with uh, this one. No. No. I'm telling you, where there's only one place this has to start. Ealing lost to Bedford in the Championship. Now, do you know what, Tim? I am so 
I am so wrong and you're so right because I was going to start with who's watching the Super Bowl but we don't need to know about the Super Bowl because that is a minor event compared to Ealing losing so yes let's definitely go with that definitely go with that yes he did didn't, didn't they and it wasn't a small loss it looks like they got an absolute beat down at home to Bedford as well 1931 Bedford won now which has just even more so opened up the championship hasn't it where there, there are just a few points. I mean, Ealing have still got a couple of games in hand on... Uh, Jersey, uh, Jersey are in second. Yes. So at, at the moment... Well, so... At the moment, Doncaster topped the table. 59 points, played 16, won 13. Doncaster top, top the table? Doncaster currently top, on, top the table. Jersey Reds are in second place, played 16, 58 points. Then... Ealing Trailfinders have played 14, so they've got two games in hand. Oof. They're on 56 points. So they, they sh- it's still within Ealing's hands. They win those two games, they're four or five points clear. So they've got to beat Doncaster and Jersey in the future. Uh, well, what are the fixtures? So I've heard a rumour, it's not all sweetness and light so, over, in, in, over Ealing. Well, Aren't it, Cornish Pirates only a point or two behind them? With so the same number of games. Cornish Pirates are one point behind Ealing, and you're right, Tim, they have played the same number of games. So Cornish Pirates are right up there oh as well. Oh, my God. If now, Ealing don't go up, they're going to be left with a bloody marquee full of weights, which is full of gym. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. Well, Ealing, so they, next weekend, they travel to Jersey. Yeah, that's a huge Ooh. game. The weekend after that, they host Doncaster. Yes, yes. So that's massive. What a couple of weeks that is. The next two weekends, the nineteenth and, and the twenty sixth of February, those are title deciding weekends. Yeah, Jersey Reds could be kingmakers because they they have Ealing at home, then they go to Cornish Pirates. You say I'm going to throw it against Cornish Pirates? It's a bit weird. And, <laughs> and the final game of the season, well, the twenty sixth of March, Ealing hosts Cornish Pirates. So they've yeah, got to the play. One. They've got to play that all the, the three date. teams around them. Oh my word! Oh, sorry, that's the. So, that's not the final game. It's the second, the penultimate round of the weekend. Yeah, so you need to find team. that is one where we we need like hopefully they'll be playing uh, Ealing versus Cornish Pirates in a bar in Portugal somewhere. <laughs> oh my word, that's incredible stuff! Incredible. Unbelievable game that. Well, actually, it is the week after Portugal. Sadly, oh, it's the week after. We we need to go to that. We need to go to Ealing <laughs> Pirates if it's still on the line. I'd go we to Pirates. To be, we need to be I'm not saying I'm not going to Ealing, but I'd prefer a weekend at Pirates. Ealing's easier to get to. Yeah, but Pirates is more fun than we can sailing. <laughs> true. Very true. So, yeah, you know. That, that is very true. Swings and well, I mean, well, how about this? Sunday the 12th of March, Do- uh, Doncaster v Pirates is another option. Doncaster's not far away from here, it's actually. A couple yeah. of hours. That's a hell, that, and this is a ma- there is some massive game. I cannot believe nobody wants to broadcast this. Well, just on Ealing, so I'm not talking about the squad. Well, I am a little bit, who cares? But have you noticed the compilation of their squad? I mean, they have this, in my mind, they seem to have gone away a little bit from what they were trying to achieve. So you're looking at a lot of Irish retreads and a few South Africans, um, then mixing in some academy lads and whatnot. But they're certainly not what they purported to be early doors, which was, you know, we're going to have this academy, we're going to bring lads through, we're going to combine it with Brunel University, yada, yada, yada. When rubber meets the road, they've seen, they seem to have gone back to, you know, well, what, certainly what the coach knows, and that's um, well, it's Irish players. The, um, to, to build an academy is a long-term process. You can't, is, yeah. you can't just turn it around in a short space of time. 
and lots of clubs have had successful um, stints, certainly with um, bringing in lots of South Africans. And, lo- and Irish, to and be fair. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of ta- talent in Ireland who can't all play. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've got that contact book and address book, more power to you if you want to go and pay, pay the money. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not sure that many of the other teams who they're competing against are that full of um, imports. Mm. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, it's, a, it's an interesting point. Oh, one other thing I will just throw into the mix here, because I don't totally know all the information on this, but I wouldn't put it past the RFU to have um, some influence here on, on who goes up through their... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Their, uh, I would say, unnecessary pernickety rules about grounds and stuff. There's got to so, be a ten. Uh, oh yeah, it's got to be a ten thousand seater stadium, hasn't it? For a, yeah, a but team it's more than up. that. You you have to have had all the agreements and everything in place before a certain point to qualify. Well, it means it, bearing in mind some clubs have, you know, if they weren't giving tickets away, they would have a few thousand people. Mm. Um, well, you know that Wasps have stopped doing that now because they think it devalues their brand. Hmm. It's it's a tough trade-off it with, is a tough with trade-off. Wasps because um, having, I don't know, say 6,000 people in a 30,000-seater stadium also devalues the brand. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the quandary. But my point being is I think Doncaster have got something. If they get If they get top spot, they have the ground thing organised already. So they'd go and Ealing use a- as, as well. I think have a stadium somewhere in West London. Yeah, they will be. They'll be. They'll be ready to go. They, these guys are. Yeah, I'm not saying they're banking on it. It'll carry on going regardless. But they really but want to the, go up, and they've made provisions but, to do but, so. But I bet you, if Cornish Pirates do finish top, they won't be allowed, which will be a travesty. No, because Cornish in, Pirates in, have got their own new stadium. No, they haven't, they haven't been built. Uh. So oh. I, anyway, I, I, I wouldn't put it past We're, we, us getting really, really excited, building to this incredible crescendo and having a massive anticlimactic. Well, do you know uh, what I've finish. heard? And again, I'm just uh, telling you tales at school here. I have no, I have no way to back this up. This is not credible, a credible news source at all. But I've heard that the RFU are saying to people, "Hey, you need to get involved now with Championship Rugby." And invest the money because we've got people in, waiting in the wings, international consortiums who are just desperate to buy an, buy a Premiership club off you, um, which is a strange thing to say because anyone could put two and two together and think, well, if they're that bright, if, if these businessmen are so bright, surely they would just go and buy the the Championship club now, no, mm. rather than wait for it to get promoted and then they're so desperate. To, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of Premiership owners that would quite like to know who these international consortiums are but yeah that's the word from the RFU trying to get money into the championship I get it it's their job but um, I'm not sure if it's the strongest sales pitch to a I, budding I, rugby I, I investor don't know if, I don't know if the RFU do regard their job as getting money into the championship actually their, <laughs> their actions would suggest otherwise I don't think they've got as much but, money as maybe people think so no but you've, anyway my point my only point you've got a wonderful product and an incredible story uh, is building and some games to go and check out if if one of those clubs is is anywhere local to you. But there was plenty of oh, well, no, actually, what other local rugby do you want to talk about, Jay? Come on. Well, uh, Preston were victorious over Blackburn, a game I did not go and see, but I want, but I really wanted to. That league going into um, National Two, two yes, North. North Premier National Two, is is heating up nicely. You've got Otley, you've got Preston, you've got Blackburn, um, and they are all pretty... Well, they all look like they're playing some pretty pretty aggressive rugby. Um, 
Unfortunately, Albion lost, which is devastating. They went down, I think they went down to Billingham this um, this weekend, which uh, just not good enough. They sort of hover about fourth from bottom now. And again, you know, I think they'll I think they'll get somewhere. The top of that league's looking f- uh, looking fairly interesting too. Broughton Park, Rafi Quirks, Broughton Park beat Bowden. I've never liked Ooh, Bowden. I've never liked Bowden. Louisville, right. Too posh, Bowden. Do you know, <laughs> JB, do you know a story? So um, <coughs> I was at, uh, on Friday night, I was, um, I took Louis to like this um, sale sharks development coaching thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was, so I was chatting to some other people and there was some, there was some guys from Bowden and Liam and stuff. And I was just having a chat with some of the other dads. And uh, Broughton Park and Lim junior sections will not play each other because I was chatting, going, "Oh, we should get the under, we should get our under 14s We should play a game." Lim Broughton Park, why don't we play? But they won't let them. Lim will not arrange a fixture with Broughton Park. Why? Because at because at first team level there is such animosity from from some which goes back years and has come from some pretty um, unsavoury incidents. No, is that right? I never knew that. Apparently so. Apparently so. I don't know what... I just wondered if you knew what it was, clearly. No, I remember... Sorry, I don't remember playing Lim. I didn't... I've never played Lim at first team level. I've played him at second team level loads of times. First team level, um, they got out of the league that Broughton Park are currently in about, I'd say, 12 years ago now, and they've never looked back. And they're, they're a very, very good outfit. Um, I don't. I don't seem to think. No, I don't think. I don't think I, I know of any real, real history yeah. between the two. Other than, well, I guess you know. that's. I guess that's another question. And just, just I'll chuck it out there. Any, uh, any beef between <laughs> local teams? Any long-standing beef? I'd love to hear about it. And I'll try and find out what the beef is with Lim and Broughton Park. But well, Broughton, um, Broughton Park, Ultram Kurzel, in my time there, did not like each other. Ultram Kurzel, Bowden, do not like each other. Uh, I actually very much like the people in Bowden. I just, for some reason, that, that club <laughs> r- just rubs me up the wrong way. I don't know what it is. They're actually very, very nice. Uh, every time I've been there, they've been lovely. But it's just the, just the club in general. Um, I don't think Manchester have many much in the way of rivalries because, of course, they were playing such a high level that I think their, their rivalries have sort of been left left behind. Mm, well, Stockport, Stockport mainly now, maybe now. Maybe Stockport, yeah. Yeah, Manchester on their patch. Well, well, what's Edge? Uh, just whichever Northwest club is in the same league. So historically, it was always Macclesfield, I guess. Would it? Mac filed uh, a bit of press, maybe. So well, FC. Uh, never in the same league. No, they, 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 they obviously have been for the last I don't know three, four years, and Sailor are above essentially yeah. now. But You're- when I was playing. Um, Sale were nobody. Sale were nowhere near. Yeah, right. Yeah, Sale were literally. When I was playing at Broughton Park, uh, I think Sale were what two leagues below. Well, we we played for Broughton Park Vets a couple of years ago. Yeah, against Sale and put like eighty points on them because the team that they had um, ten years ago were actual vets, not incredible specimens like us. <laughs> no, 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 they were they were medical <laughs> vets. Yeah, <laughs> been, been murdering cows all <laughs> afternoon, exhausted. Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the Huddersfield game was um, postponed at Starbridge, which is annoying. Uh, have you seen? Sergio had a good win. Yes, he did against Bladen. In fact, they are. T- I think they've got two games in hand, haven't they? They're not looking like they're going to win they? it. Yeah, they have. Sergio on eighteen games, Heller on twenty. Uh, although Rotherham are also on eighteen with seventy-seven points. So Rotherham, mm, no, Heller are definitely, in, definitely, in, definitely in, in, in the driving seat there. 
Jonathan Peepers uh, has emailed uh, contacttechchasers at gmail.com. And on, on the question from last week, we were asking about rugby players with names you don't see or hear much of anymore. And he pointed out there is the, the Blitz Bocker player, Cecil Africa. Mm. Yes, you don't, don't hear many, many Africans, do you? <laughs> Quite right. And he also just, um, he is, he, Jonathan got in touch on email. And he said um, he is a, a hooker slash loose head, 29 years of age, a Swiss army, a Swiss knife front row, as JB likes them. Love him. And he's reaching out from Celtic Rugby Club in Brussels. Oh, yeah, have, Red, this is awesome. Yeah, brilliant. So Bel- he was just just letting us know a little bit about Belgian rugby. There are two expat clubs in Brussels, one British and one Celtic. The men's first 15 play in the Belgian third division and have recently welcomed former Munster and Grenoble hooker Duncan Casey into the ranks because <laughs> he's moved, moved to Brussels Wait, to that- work. Awesome. Hang on. <laughs> you basically go to a brand new town, city, a world, well, there's a world, it's an all right city, it's present Brussels. I've not heard great, 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 thing, great things about Brussels, regardless. You then decide that the best way to arrange your sport, you know, your sport is a copy of Celtic Rangers. <laughs> is, is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> Something it, it, like that. It sounds like it. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> uh, anyway, he just wanted to report, because we were asking what had happened to Belgians, Belgium's National 15. Uh, we were pondering its uh, pondering its fate on the pod recently. Mm-hmm. He said, sadly, our national team has been relegated from the so-called Six Nations B or Rugby Europe Championship in May 2021, having lost the promotion relegation playoff against the Netherlands. Uh, he said the playoff was a tactical farce, a historically larger forward-dominated team, as Belgium were, chose to play on a fast artificial pitch in Waterloo instead of our traditional home, the small Heysel, as it's known, a small ruddy, muddy ground, which was the site of the famous win against Spain that led to the <sighs> Spanish team revolting at the Romanian referee. At the Romanian referee, yeah, I remember it well, and it was a particularly muddy pitch from from memory. The small Heysel. Does Heysel mean something? Is Heysel a place? It's, it's a well, ground. Heysel Stadium. Yeah, yeah I know Heysel is a, a stadium. It's a but, football ground. Yeah, but is it? You know, is it like? Does it actually mean something, or is it a place? Oh, it's I, I imagine. I, oh, that's a good, good point. I, I, don't I imagine know. it's a place. I imagine it's a place. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, he said uh, I'd be happy to keep you updated on uh, updates from grassroots international yeah, rugby send them in over. Europe as your Belgian correspondent, Jonathan. You, Jonathan Peepers of Brussels. You are officially our Belgian correspondent. Uh, uh, incorrect. He He's our that, Belgique correspondent. But please continue. Quite right. <laughs> he said that Belgium um, got a walkover win this week. 28 nil winners over Ukraine who were unable to field a team due to COVID. COVID's a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What? <laughs> there might be something else about to go down in, in Ukraine <laughs> yeah. where they, they might want well, all, all able-bodied um, yeah. athletic men. Rugby players might be a real asset to the people of uh, Ukraine at the moment. So, yeah. Oh, was Belgium have that? a new national ground in Brussels. It's named after a world leader of the past a world Care to guess a world leader yes, i could I've not name a single belgian no premier premier um oh, who I, said it king was belgian leopold? who's <laughs> king leopold who said it was a belgian who said it was a belgian okay so if it, a world leader uh, it the, the macron stadium <laughs> uh, did you say former the yes. george w bush stadium <laughs> that's not that's not a terrible shout, is it? Because he obviously played, he, he played a bit of rugby. Played didn't rugby, he? but Brussels is the home of NATO. 
isn't it? Hmm. Was... Yeah. So, what world leaders do you think would represent the the, the aspirations for peace that, that NATO would would arguably have? <laughs> oh, would... I feel this is a trick if, question. Is, is it ex is ex Nigerian Premier? Good luck, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, Incorrect. Um, about... It's got to be. It has to be re- representing peace and also rugby. Oh, Nelson Mandela has to be Mandela. It is the Nelson Mandela Stadium. In there the we go. Oh, I wasn't too far off. With good luck, Jonathan. I, know, I was close <laughs> with George W. Bush. Yeah. Excellent. Um, oh, so nineteen minutes just, in, just, gone. Yeah. No. 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 It's fine. Uh, and he also says that. Um, the Six Nations is being broadcast on terrestrial television for the first time ever in Belgium. Oh, excellent. Awesome. That excellent. is good. Which is great. Anyway, yeah. Jonathan, you're our Belgian correspondent. Other correspondents for other nations, get in touch. Contact TedChasers at gmail.com. Yeah, you were just about to say, we're 19 minutes into a podcast. We haven't mentioned... <laughs> Any Premier professional show. rugby yet. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Well, it just shows how much better domestic rugby is, club rugby is, compared to girl international rugby. Um, <laughs> so I got... All of my results right this week. Except? Gloucester. Bloody Gloucester, eh? I thought Gloucester Gloucester were going to do it, especially after Exeter kind of fell apart last week. Was it last week against Wasps, where Wasps came came from behind? I mean... I thought thought Gloucester would have enough to do it, actually. I did as well. I didn't think that... I don't think Exeter can scrimmage particularly well at the moment. Um... Young second rows, uh, David Jenkins is playing again. Who must be some player? I mean, 113 what, nine, kilograms, 19 years old. Yeah. You know, he's obviously going to be quite something. But he's still 19 years old, and it's still the second row. Uh, hell of a win, this, for Exeter. Because, I mean, I suspect down at Sandy Park, they might already be at battle stations. This isn't quite good enough for them, is it? They currently are in, what, fifth or sixth? They were in seventh. Uh, let me just check the current table. It is sixth. They're in sixth, aren't they? They're behind Wasps, I'm sure. They are in sixth place. Yeah, one point behind Wasps, two points behind Quins. So they can you just highlight the? Can you highlight the points from third down to ninth while you've got the table there, Phil? Yeah. So Gloucester in third on forty-seven. Four points back is Quins in fourth on forty-three. Then it's one point to Wasps on 42, one point to Exeter on 41, one point to Northampton on 40, who are level with London Irish, and then one point to Sale. And then it's 12, 12 points so to So just Bristol. to highlight the point, Sale are only how many points to third? Well, if Sale... To top four, how many points to fourth? It's only... Is it four, four points? Four points. Four points. So Sale, a, a win, a bonus point win would... And every other game going their way, um, which is possible, would take them into fourth place from ninth. Oh, incredible stuff. Um, but then Bristol, 27, are 12 points adrift. Then three points to Falcons on 24, three points to Worcester on 21, and a full seven points behind Worcester are Bath on 14. Just on the Exeter uh, situation, I'm I'm curious about this because I'll I'll re- sort of reveal and talk about what Ali Hefer said uh, in the aftermath of the game. The head coach, yeah, sure, uh, at Exeter. But I, I'll ask you guys first because I'm sure you've been in situations in teams in the past where you've been on losing runs. What did it feel like, and what did you do or not do that turned it around or brought you out of it? Do you remember? Do you have Do you have any memories of that? Well. <laughs> 
Actually, funny enough, a Facebook post of mine came up from 10 years ago, and what I said 10 years ago, and it's something like, uh, game cancelled today, check. Uh, drove two hours to get a different game in Wales, check. Lost game, check. Lost my uh, lost my boots before kickoff, check. Have not won a game of rugby since the... It's like some stupid date. So I went through a phase of not winning for four months. <laughs> uh, so what, what did you do to rectify that? Personally, I find when you're in a losing team, you forget how hard winning is, particularly when the league is really competitive. Winning is often based around really dull, boring stuff like hitting rocks and working hard, particularly at, particularly at, at first team level. So, yeah, I, I, it's so dull. It's so, so dull, but I think you've got to re reinstall the importance of your work rate now interestingly we were talking uh, last weekend af- about Tok H the mighty Tok H after they lost to Witness mm. and there was some uh, chat I think on your coaches whatsapp group about changing strategy changing game plan yeah. and we were talking about is that the right thing to do i.e. Stick with the systems that you've worked, and to use a Pat Lamb phrase, although um, Pat Lamb himself might not be the best man to uh, <laughs> speak to in this regard. But trust the process, trust trust the systems. Just just because you lose a few games or many games doesn't mean you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. I I think actually that's a really good point because at the very sharp end of rugby, and I mean club rugby, not international rugby, but sharp end of club rugby. There probably is an answer to who has the best system, and I think that system will change year in, year out, depending on you know coaches figuring stuff out. As you get lower down, do you get really high level sort of amateur rugby, level six, level five, whatever it is? You can win in pretty much any you know any of the following <coughs> ways. Like Jersey, win in a much different way to say how Doncaster win, and that's not amateur. But you know, I'm just giving you an example of Jersey, who are renowned for throwing the ball ball around for a little bit. Uh, or Cambridge, who are renowned for um, more, like mauling uh, the league below that. You can win any w- w- any which way as long as you put the effort in to be really good, you know, at, um, uh, uh, at that system. And all you're worried about is can you increase your average wins every single year? That's it, and you can do that with literally anything if you're good enough at it. But there is also in th- in that way you're looking at the. Well, do you have a mauling team? Do you have a forwards-based team? Do you have a throw-the-ball-wide team? Because you can't spend you can't spend all the time doing everything. No. You've got to pick which pick yeah. your poison. There is, um, by definition, from that type of uh, problem, a rock-paper-scissors scenario that some teams will come up better against other styles. And worse against other styles, if that makes sense. Yeah. Although Correct. I do think there's some universals. So I think the one thing you can't compromise on is breakdown, because there is always going to be a breakdown. You can't compromise on lineout. Lineout is no. There's always going to be lineouts. There's always going to be scrums. There's always going to be no, no. But um, breakdown, like you can, you can compromise on scrums actually. So like, look at South Africa versus England. I'm pretty sure Eddie Jones said there is no point in coming second to. South Africa, we're coming second, so let's play Bevan Rod because he's amazing around the park. You, know, well, you can actually well, miss things out. Look at the World Cup final where England had a compromised scrum, and that was the game. Yeah. That, that England never got close to winning that game because every time they tried to play, the pressure went on because they knew if they knocked the ball on, it was a scrum, yeah. and a scrum meant the penalty to South Africa. You can even compromise on lineup. So I don't compromise on lineup because I think it's a really good way to install, instill. Um, a winning attitude because you can, you, generally speaking, be really good on your own lineup ball. But some teams just 
discard it completely. Say we, we're going to run a five man, and we're just going to use the line out as a way to get the ball back in play. Same with the scrum. We're just going to use yeah. the scrum to get the ball back in play. Uh, so you so jump back need... to Exeter. Yeah, yes. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say to, to jump back to Exeter. I rem- I, rem- I can remember being on a losing run with a team, and I remember it 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 got more and more tense as you went on, and and people started to get more and more cheesed off with other people, and there was. There was the odd little rotten apple that would start bitching about. I don't think we should be doing this type, this setup for lineups or whatever. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And you you hear those conversations um, go more and more. And and what I really liked about what Ali Hefer said in the aftermath of beating Gloucester is he said, "Do you know what? I'm really pleased the boys went out and put in the kind of performance that reflects the week of training we had. And this week in training, one of our main focuses has been just getting the fun back." Hmm. So they've just the coaches have. I just think that's again correlation causation. It might not have been the reason why they beat Gloucester, but if the, it's it's pretty telling that Exeter are a very experienced bunch of coaches who've been to the summit because they've cl- clearly gone after a, a tough old time and some results that haven't gone their way with a young and inexperienced pack as you've already identified, and they've just gone. Do you know what? We we don't kind of what Phil was saying. Trust the system. And actually, let's. What, you know what we need? We need a, whether it's a few beers together, or we need to just have a bit of a laughing training. We need to have a bit of fun, and um, and that and the consequence of doing that is exactly what you said, JB, which is you'll go out and work that bit harder yeah. for the man next to you. Well, just to sort of elaborate on on the extra point, that is a team that have fun. That is in their DNA. Less uh, Leicester. Um, Exeter players love being Exeter players because it is really good fun down at Sandy Park. I'm not sure there is a club in the country where the players have more fun. Maybe Saracens. Maybe Saracens, but I don't know. I mean, ex- I mean, look, if you get if you mess up in um, in London and you do something bad, it's going to get reported because <laughs> you know. So what? You you play if you do something naughty, a little bit naughty in Exeter. <laughs> I don't think the local press is reporting on that. You know, you 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 pretty much run you you pretty much run that place. There is a flip side to that in that in Exeter you're a big fish. Oh so yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. In London you can go out and you're the fact you're a rugby player. He's like, yeah, and no, yeah. A lot of people don't care. Yeah, but you know, if you're caught, I don't know, doing something naughty, I don't know, like dwarf, <laughs> like dwarf tossing, like like, like the England. Well, that, that was in South Africa, South <laughs> in New Zealand, <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Now, if you're in New Zealand, dwarf tossing, and the you know certain press members get hold of it, yeah, they you know they will publish it. I don't think the Bath Cron are going to be snitching <laughs> on uh, you know Max you know Max Jomo doing. It. Not that he would, obviously. But oh, if no. he did, he'd he'd throw him in a range of range of uh, styles. But for for this game. Exeter Exeter needed a win Exeter actually got a bonus point win and they prevented a team that are now a genuine top four rival or well they're more cemented in the top four than Exeter are they prevented Gloucester from getting a single point out of this game which is pretty big in the the context especially when if you think back to last week's MDP and we were talking through the kind of uh, a little bit a medium bit and a big bit the um, impact of internationals on these teams and Gloucester are only affected a little bit and Exeter are one of the most affected in the league these days I was driving home on Friday right, as I'm apt to do and I was thinking about the league and how it's all going to pan out I, I, I do think Saracens are looking ominous when they get everyone back but the two teams I'm really intrigued by to win the thing are going to be Gloucester and Gloucester and Tigers. Tigers, yeah. I, I was actually at the stage last week. I think, yeah, I think Gloucester can do this. I think Gloucester can actually win the entire league. 
and then they do this, and I don't know. I don't know now. Um, I think I think they can. I think they'll get top four, but I think they'll they'll sneak into top four in third or fourth, which means an away trip to well, most likely Saracens or Leicester. And I just don't think they will get through that. I think they'll get through Leicester. No, I don't think that. Do I think that? I no. I think they've got more Ooh. chance of Leicester than Saracens, but they have beat Saracens at the Alliance. Yeah. I, they can do it. It could be Gloucester's year, but may, maybe not. So. Maybe not this year. So yeah, I'm looking at Tigers historically thinking, yeah, they're not good. Tigers are that good, and you just need to look at what they did this weekend to Northampton. Um, I said, and it's got me into trouble. This I said that Tigers are not affected by international call-ups, and I had a, a conversation with a friend of mine. He said, "What? Of course, you know, of course, we're absolutely affected by international call-ups. Here are all the England guys that have gone, and he's right. I think seven lads." Have, Genge, Chesham, George Ford, yeah, Freddy Stewart, Ford, uh, Young, Stewart, Youngs, yeah, but Youngs makes the Leicester team better when he goes to England. <laughs> yeah, um, the the prop, Genge, the other prop, uh, Hayes, Hayes, Joe Hayes, yeah. So they do lose a lot, grant, uh, granted. But the reason I said it, said it didn't affect them is because they're so good throughout throughout the squad. You know, when you can put Montoya onto a field or someone like that, you're going to be still winning. A good handful of games, and they battered Saints. Uh, yeah, they did. They beat them up front, and you had a ten who is a ten in Freddie Burns playing with front football and wanting to play and looking brilliant. And you also had um, Furbank, who's not a ten, but is good enough to fill in at ten. But he's not as good as a full-time ten, full-time yeah. um, Freddie Burns playing at ten. Now, just on Freddie Burns, right? Ford is out the door. Yeah, he's he's gone. Freddie Burns is knocking about. Yeah, let's all remember this. Freddie Burns was the last fly half to take the Tigers to to playoffs, the last the last one, and he very nearly beat Wasps. He was exceptional that day, and he very nearly beat uh, New Zealand for, with England. Yeah, when he wants to play rugby, he's really good. Now Leicester have gone out and signed Andre Pollard. I just wonder if Burns over the next few weeks can make his job his own, or at least give the. I hope he can give the Leicester hierarchy just something to ponder. Like, is is he going to be the answer? So, Pollard's going to come over, and he's not the playmaker Ford is. So maybe Pollard does come in, moves out to twelve, and if Burns can just continue to win games and play well and impress the higher ups, who knows how it pans out? Got a little Jimmy at twelve. Oh God, yeah. Well, and and Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly's very good. Yeah, Dan Kelly's very very good. Uh, I just, I, I just quite like the fact that Burns is back. He's playing well, and let's not forget how good he was last time he was there. Yes, I, I thought Billy Burns was, he was part of the, there's two main. Freddie Burns. From Billy, I keep saying Billy Burns. Freddie Burns. Yeah. Heart wants what it wants, Phil. I've got Billy Burns on the brain. Yep. Um, I thought Freddie Burns was. There are two differences between the two d- teams: Freddie Burns and the physicality of the pack. They, they, they were the main two differences. Yeah, something not right about Northampton. I mean, they're just so fickle. It's it's a team. I was thinking about this when you watch uh, Lewis Ludlam and Courtney Laws play internationally. There are a few players who will give more effort and put their body on the line more than those two players. Mm. What do the what do the other Northampton players think when they look? Do they, do they just think, "Oh, well, Lewis and Lewis and Courtney are going to do it, so why why do I bother?" They seem to have a lot of players with good attitudes and try really hard who just aren't quite big or good enough. 
I think about Tamona Harrison all the time here. He's running around like a maniac. But people can get on top of him really, really easily. He's basically like a really aggressive scaffolder. Um, and Ludlam. Ludlam could be great in a bigger back row. But again, you know, he's not physical enough. Yeah, the way he runs, he's like all elbows and knees. But he's not, <clears throat> you know... You know. I, I think Ludlam would have made a difference to this team. Ludlam and, and Courtney Hundred, yeah, make, well, make a big difference well, to this team also this weekend. Row, the front row needs to do more. The front row needs to carry. I, th- I like the second rows they've got. The front rows need to be... They, they need Vincent Cock. They who, need who Joe Marler. Who doesn't need Vincent Cock? Yeah. Those are, the, those are the sort of players that they're missing. I actually think the, ba- the back row is fine. The second row is fine. It's front rowers that they need. Mm. I actually can think that's fine. Can I, oh, sorry. Can I make a... A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Generic point about this about this weekend's fixtures with this game in mind. Mm. Um, the East Midlands derby and Saracens versus Quinns, two of the showpiece moments in the season. Yeah, yeah. For the for the Gallagher Premiership. Yeah. Two of the particularly the East Midlands derby, huge occasions for a whole region, and for two of the most supported clubs. And both games have been during international windows. It is ridiculous. Not good enough, is it? It's crazy. Why don't, at the start of every season, the clubs hand in two games or one game each that they really want to play with all their internationals and they have to play that outside of the window? And mm. if both clubs hand in the same one, I don't know what you know, what do you do with that home and away fixture. I just I just think yeah. the Premiership should make that call. They go. Uh, I would I not trust the people get, at the Premiership could, to make the point any is calls. You could say one of the East Midlands derbies or one of every fixture has to be out, outside no. of an international window. We have to have at least one. Yeah, at least one. But I, you know, the rivalry. If you've got a rivalry, you want to play, and you want all of, all of your boys available for it. You hand that hand that little docket in at the start of the season. And that's it. The idea of Premiership Rugby doing it, can you imagine the mess that they'd make of this? It'd be horrendous. <laughs> premiership Rugby shouldn't do anything. Just let the clubs do it. The, uh, clubs, no. the clubs are Premiership Rugby. The clubs are Premiership... No, no, the, the actual employees <laughs> are Premiership Rugby. They should concentrate on like just totting up the points on the table. <laughs> like, that's, that should it just, be it. it. It pained me that, that I was watching Saracens versus Quinns and it and you know and it was a, it would be an afterthought for a lot of rugby fans and tell the, the east midlands derbies have both happened when there's been big international weekends it's just yeah we love this product we love the premiership we podcast about it eight and a half years and counting 52 weeks of the year every monday and how they cannot work this out is is beyond me. Yeah, you you are right. You are right. This you know, Leicester Northampton should not be without all their best players. 
Did you see the Leicester promo for this game? I didn't actually watch it. Loved it. It, it was, was good. really, really good. It's such a shame, you know. It's so, it's so angry about this now. Just to explain what you're talking about, if anyone doesn't know, because it's on Twitter where only about 5% of people are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we were praising the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and NFL in general about how they build up their sport and they tap into the history and they make emotional, uh, motivational videos that just really cut to the quick and make your heart... F- make you fall in love with rugby all over again unless the tigers to their credit did a brilliant one this week yeah it was all it was brilliant so there's two promo videos out this week and um one of them was brilliant and the other one i thought was going to be brilliant and it just was awful so the other promo video did you see the one channel four put together for um rugby league no but i've heard that it was obviously on uh, channel four this week but Broadcasting live game, weren't they? They are, yeah, yeah. Which is brilliant, by I the way. I think they've got ten games. Uh, ten games they're broadcasting. It was, mm. it was, yeah, it was Warrington Wigan on this. Yeah, one. I mean, the more people watching rugby league, the more people will realise exactly what the Premiership are missing. Um, and rugby union actually are not missing, but they've left behind. So I saw this promo. I was like, yes, it's going to be hard working class men beat, <laughs> you know, beating each other up. I can't wait. Uh, the music started. It, it was awesome. There's a bit of history about uh, rugby league, and it's like. Why do we like rugby league? Because it represents the diverse, changing nature of our communities. Like, oh no, it doesn't. Here we go. And they're trying to sell the Super League. That is a very precise product. That is that is a thing. The Super League. Why do they love rugby league? Because the disabled rugby world cup, the women's rugby world cup, and the men's rugby world cup will all be held at the same time. Don't care. That is for the rugby world cup to sell, not for the Super <laughs> League. You morons. Why do they like rugby league? Because they had the first black captain of any British sports team some time ago. That just tells me that rugby league wasn't racist then. It's not racist now. Why are we still talking about that? It's it's not a racist sport. Just move on. So um, um, it, it just, just ruined, if, if, ruined. If I it. had to listen to what you've just said for the last minute and guess what channel were broadcasting it, I it would <laughs> I would only need one guess. Yeah, <laughs> Channel Four. I, I, I who was who wasn't going to watch rugby league? And now he's going to watch Rugby League because the Disabled World Cup is played at the same time as the actual World Cup. These people are nuts and they should not be allowed anywhere near sports. To be fair, I'd, I'd quite like to go and watch the Wheelchair World Cup. I would I, as well. It's, it's, a, it's, a very world, different, yeah. Yeah, it's a very different point, but it's, 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 a, it's actually a brilliant sport. Yeah, I might even watch the, you know, the Women's World Cup, but that's not for your Super League <laughs> broad... It's not for you, they're, they're advertising different things, completely different things. I want to see... Yeah, that's like, that's like going uh, uh, um, um, at your local butchers. Come in and, and, uh, and, and buy some meat. Why? Because... I'm... Tr- um, because the, the trousers that the butcher is wearing exactly are re- a really lovely colour. It's got nothing to do with why I'm there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and, and by the way, did you see the red card uh, for Catalan? Uh, Dylan? No, Dylan something. His name is Hartley. Christ, uh, everything about there is this like, like two minute um, phase of play. It starts with Saint Helens Catalan. I can't remember this guy's name. Dylan something. And he comes flying in, shoulder to head. It's a sort of thing which in rugby in rugby union, uh, <laughs> lifetime ban, lifetime ban. Right, the guy gets a red card, rightly so. But the whole thing is so rugby league. First of all, high shot, guy goes down, 
obviously they're all fighting, not just for this phase, but then the next phase it all kicks off as well. And then to cap it all off, there's a third fight, effectively, which is the concussed player who's just coming around fighting with the physio to stay on the field. <laughs> like, everything is so rugby league, you think, yes, this is a sport. Let's get uh. into it. Let's get into it, boys. But even they have uh, caught up with rugby union a bit with the, the head contacts and stuff. It is ridiculous, to be fair. It is a, it is ridiculous. But yeah, when they banned the shoulder charge, I think it was downhill from there. Yeah. They, the, yeah. I mean, the shoulder charge was ridiculous. Yeah. It was so, so dangerous. Rugby union's f- problem is that it tries to emulate other sports and it's not that it always tries to copy football the league table the, you know the, the social views the social campaigning the whole lot it's just a pale impersonation of, of what the Premier League does and then sadly for Rugby League they seem to be want, wanting to be a pale paler version of Rugby Union and let me tell let, I don't, let me I tell don't you brothers it doesn't accurate. work I well, don't think that's accurate I think it's just they've seen the law cases mounting up and gone yeah, we probably need to do something. But, as well. but, but you know, look, if boxing can exist, rugby league can exist. If UFC can exist, rugby league <coughs> can exist. But there's very different. You've in terms of boxing, you have two fights a year. You have a man- mandatory, whatever it is. Yeah, but you signed week, up for twelve it. week. Oh yeah, but what I'm you saying know, is, if if you've got concussions in rugby league, say concussions in rugby union, and you had a mandatory three month stand down period for every concussion. Well, you do, you uh, look, I'm not saying you don't have a mandatory standout period, but people sign up for the laws that they sign up for, and it's you know it's a it's a free world. If you want to go into a sport with no mandatory standout, it's completely up to you. And if you've seen the if you've seen the fights in ice hockey or lacrosse, by the way, have you come across the fights in lacrosse? No, pretty pretty insane. Um, yeah, look, you could, sports need to understand this. They can make their own destiny, and it's up to them. Do not try and copy what uh, what other sports are doing because you will fall flat. As just just on that, I can trends. confirm my, uh, my 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 missus played lacrosse for England. It's Did brutal. She? Yeah, it's brutal. Was she based in Wilmslow or somewhere? No, that, uh, this was when she was at university at Loughborough. Oh right, because Wilmslow was like a hotbed for lacrosse. Mm. For, I think most of the England team were based somewhere around Wilmslow. That could be old news. I don't know. But they're, they're, <laughs> they're, it's brutal anyway. I can confirm. Um, what game were we on? Can't remember. Uh, we were talking about oh, Tig- East Midlands derby. Yeah, Tigers Northampton. Yeah. Um, other things to touch on in this: Nadolo scored a couple of nice tries. More importantly for Nadolo, did you see Hutchinson go round him on the outside? It was mm-hmm. Pinot esque, was it? Yeah, it was lovely. That's a good and- comparison, actually. It was. He glided round him. Yeah, it's just well, a little just- step and go, and before Nadolo yeah. kind of know what, knows what's going on, Hutchinson. Um, who is we said it a few weeks ago he's playing probably his best rugby for about three or four years um, but it, it's not enough him playing in this Northampton team unfortunately yeah. for them yeah I just uh, googled this uh, fight to see if I could find it I couldn't but it's just giving me lists and lists and lists of fights of rugby league fights yeah <laughs> two red cards Flower Seas Red Super League Grand Final uh, Morgan oh Knowles faces f- lengthy ban Brawl at Salford as Mossop Seas Red Leeds, you know, it just the Ben on Flower on. one on uh, Lance Ohio in the yeah. front like, yeah. it's like, like, that's actually not oh, that's outrageous that it's one. like seven seconds into it's, it's right at the start yeah. of the grand final if you want to break google rugby league fights because it's just never end you'll never find the one you want and, uh, you know. <laughs> too many um, do you think when Worcester played Sale Sharks at the weekend 
Do you think that there would have been animosity between Steve Diamond and Alex Anderson? Yes. Do you think it would have been niggle? Yes, 100%. Two alpha males. One is very abrasive. Um, by the way, you know, I've got to be careful what I say here. I don't want to you know, get myself in trouble with, with the sharks in any way, shape or form. But however, Alex, <laughs> however, I mean, Alex Sanderson is effectively a reformed psychopath from his playing days. There, there, there's no two ways about it. Like, that's why he was so good at rugby, because he was just hard as nails. And then you've got Steve Diamond. Um, I don't need to tell you any more about him. Now, I do believe that underneath the psychology chat, still, you know, Alex Sanderson is probably still... There's still some of Alex Sanderson from there 10 years ago. I can't imagine... Alex Anderson backing down. In fact, I think the reason he can talk about all this flowery stuff with impunity is because it is backed up by an actual psychopath. Mm. You know, there's just no two ways about it. Or at least a very, <clears throat> very tough man. Yes, he, he is a... I think he's still a very tough man, even though he does like to... Um, yeah, like you say, talk about the yeah. flowery and the fluffy stuff a little he, bit as well. He's so intense. What is it? I'm meditating! <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so this, this is one game I've not really seen much of. Well, I have seen the highlights, and I saw one of Reed's tries with the little McGinty break and the chip through. Yeah, so Aaron Reed had a good game, um, yeah. and I'm really, really excited now about both these wingers having a bit more time to play. You know, play for whatever reason that they do, and you know that, that game time you can tell that, particularly Aaron Reed. I think he's getting very, very used to life in the Premiership now, which is great to see. Rulebook. So I saw his one try where he looked rapid. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was his first or second, but Roebuck last week was the boy scoring two tries against Quinns, and particularly his second, I think it was, where he stepped inside. Did he step inside um, Tyrone Green for that one? Yes, he did. It was lovely. So, so two really talented young wingers. Here's something which you already know, but I want to re-emphasise it, because... He was just so good. Or the try that Rafi Quirk set, set up. Quirk was <laughs> Quirk. so good. I mean, I was just thinking about the things he can do is do now at age what is he twelve or something, right? Twenty. <laughs> the way something like, like that. His acceleration, his step, and then the way he can just throw the ball out of you know any direction from an offload. Did you see the one the other week where he sort of fell over but it went out the back door? Yeah, that was against Quinns. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Incredible. I think the one that he set up this week was even better. So he sort of dummies an offload and it goes kind of, you know, loops it over the top. It's it's quite something. He is quite something. Oh, talking to the mic, end of the mic. There we go. He is quite something. You get so animated, JB. Well, I've had the theory for a long time that Rafi is ready to take over from Faf. And from Ben Youngs. And from Ben Youngs, yeah. But if he takes over from Ben Youngs, you can't really take over from Faf. Or, I mean, he's just an incredible talent. And that, you know, that's what's coming through. Rob Dupree? That, that is, uh, to, to any parents of young kids, especially good under, 40, uh, under 14 kids in the Greater Manchester area, that is what Broughton Park does for you. It's is that right? Rafi Quirk, so come along. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed, isn't it? Yeah. Guaranteed. And also McIntyre. Yes, Simon McIntyre or, as well. Or Tokichi's Jonathan Bidmore. Exactly. If you really want success. Yes. <laughs> um, what, yeah, it was, it was a very, very convincing win, to be fair. Hmm. Oh, I tell you what else I'll mention, though, is some of the touches from Finn Smith were magical. Hmm. So I understand that he signed a five-year deal uh, a few months ago. And if that is true, that is some great work. He is. He's going to be an England player. I have no doubt about that. So I, he's England under twenties at the moment. I want to say he's Orlando Bailey's uh, cohort. 
Mm. Uh, and well, he, obviously he's not at the moment. He must have been previously um, England in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, England in the 20s lost on Friday night to Italy. Yeah, he um, comes up with this lovely little delayed pass. But you know, anyone watching Worcester at the moment um, will tell you that Finn Smith is, is legitimately mm. a very good player. And if they can keep him, which I think they can because of the salary cap just sort of incentivizes them, and he's got a five-year and deal. And a five-year deal. Yeah. <laughs> They'll keep him for a while. Uh, Ollie Lawrence, Ted Hill, I think they're going to be so, and they're, they're gonna be a force if they can just carry on adding a few bits and pieces mm. here and there. Bring the right players through the academy. Add a few choice players, yeah. although ideally not two who are going to be playing for Scotland half the season. Yeah, like, do that. Like Duan and uh, Sutherland. Yeah. Uh, as for Sale, a few weeks ago I was really down in the doldrums about them. I just didn't feel they were clicking, didn't feel that they had any attacking edge, and then out of nowhere Roebuck and Reed have started smashing in tries, which is good. Yes. And who a few, who a few weeks ago when you were down in the doldrums was saying, they can make the playoffs... Yeah, but did you really think they could make the playoffs using Roebuck and Reed? Did you think that was that? That's I spent the last happen? few weeks going. Um, when we go, where should we start? I go. Well, let's start with the most significant game of of the round, and I think it's Sales win. Really, really. Yes. Uh, yeah, but how did you think they were going to? How do you think that they were going to come back into it? Because I don't think that you thought that it's going to be the, the two academy wingers. In a way, they've kind of fallen into this. Oh, you can't put the win down to Roebuck and um, and, and Reed because but, but, they've like, been playing well. But you can't sort of go. That was the moment when it all turned round for Sale. Well, strange enough, I think there is something to that because I think Sale really did lack an edge, and they've and they've lacked the, they've lacked the try scoring edge for a little while now. So they were very good at bludgeoning teams to death. I mean, that's never really been been a problem AJ McGinsey has stepped up his game I think another no, you know, five, it has five. been a problem though that's exactly what you're saying it has been a problem they haven't been bludgeoning teams to death this season well yeah but there's only so much the, bludgeoning that you can do I mean you've got to be no, no, to do it every Dan, single Dan week Dan Dupree has not been getting them over the game line in the way they did last year and in previous no, years the big hard. massive running at brick walls wasn't working they they have needed a bit more balance in their game. Yeah, they need two rapid wingers and they're two and two yeah, back. And, and and Quirk and Quirk and McGinty. I just wonder. Yeah, so yeah, look, a few weeks. I'm I'm delighted it, that it's gone this way because I was yeah, actually great. starting to think like, God, have they massively overestimated how good this academy is? Are, are we going to see like this failed group of? Um, well, who we thought were going to be super superstars just not not make it? But I'm a little bit more optimistic now. Mm. As a neutral, well, of course. I'm, I'm just, I, 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 I'm well, just like pleased because me and you both. I'm just pleased, JB, because me and you both predicted Sale would win the, the title this year, and we've still got a yes, potential be... that we could actually predict correctly. Because all my other predictions for the league have been dreadful. Well, I, th- I feel Bristol are going to come into some form soon uh, to come second in the table. Uh, not so sure. Yeah. By the way, yeah. love the fact that Irish gave him an absolute hiding, and it was a hiding, absolute hiding. Now, it did help the Nalauga um, red card with 20 minutes to go. Well, look, you, you pull but, up the London Irish team, right? And you look for, I'd say three names, maybe four, but the three names I look for, Simmons, Coleman, Paddy Jackson. Okay, they could win. And that's basically it. That, that, that's how I sort of assess. Talk into the microphone. That's how... I am, I am <laughs> talking into the microphone. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you, you go up that end of the microphone. Go where yeah. the, the microphone... Yeah. There you go, that bit. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I think as long as I've got those three, they're in with a good shot. 
a shout because no one's going to have or unlikely to have a no, as good a fly half, but not a better fly half. And I'm not sure there is a better pair of locks in the country, is there? Uh, it's definitely not a more expensive pair of locks in the country. No, I can guarantee I, you that. Yeah, yes. Although depends how much uh, Marrow's um, image rights are this week. Yeah, quite. But I mean, Marrow can be paired up with. I mean, all sorts. To be honest, like he's Swinners, Swinners, Cal Hill, Theo McFarland. Yeah. McFarland, I quite like McFarland. I like McFarland. Um, but it's not like two Wallaby Locks, is it? With the best, you know. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm trying yeah. to think of like the, another great lock pairing. Oh, Hill and um, Hill, Hill and Gray. Jo- Johnny Gray is excellent. That is that is that's probably the best lock pairing in in the country. Isn't pretty it? nice. Although um, Lou Diaga and Name your other South African. Uh, Lude is excellent. The others are they're okay. Oh, Fafita Launchbury. There's there's a Fafita. That's a great that little pairing. Nice, actually. Yeah, with Stoop coming off that the bench. Good. Yeah, I'm trying to think some more now. Quite like listing locks, but I, as soon as I saw that, I, I went with Lundin Irish, <clears> and I was right to go with Lundin Irish because they absolutely hammered bears. Well, but Bristol started strongly, but it was, and this this is kind of one of my my things. I often say that. Red cards don't turn games unless you're a disorganised or poorly put together team, mm. and then they turn games. Then then you can capitulate when you get a red card, and that's kind of what happened to Bristol. Yeah, I think one of Bristol's problems is a perception thing, which is they feel beatable now. No one's afraid of them. A few years ago, when they were going to, well, basically when they were winning Europe. Well, yeah, last year and the year before. You felt that if you go to Bristol, they might put 50 points on you and you're yeah. a bit edgy. And now everyone just thinks, yeah, I'll go there and batter them. It should be fairly straightforward. <laughs> and it is straightforward. It's really straightforward. You just show up at wherever they're playing and uh, they've got nine losses. So, yeah, absolutely straightforward. Standard beatdown for the Bears. Predictable. To, to, to jump to uh, Saracens, who you were saying look, look ominous, Just do you, what do you know about Joe Shaw? Joe Shaw? Is Joe Shaw... I don't even know what position he plays. No, he, no, he's, he's a coach, coach isn't he? Yeah, that, that's, 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 how little, that's how little I know about Joe Shaw. Yeah, it was, it's the first opportunity I've had to speak with him. I, I was you know, aware of him as a player when he played for uh, mainly Newcastle, wasn't it? But Saints, I think he spent a bit of time at. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Sales. Anyway, but he was a centre, I think, mainly. Anyway, he was, he was a decent player. Um but his journey to where he's at now, head coach, and with the absence of Mark McCall while he's uh, recovering from an illness or, um, mm. for an unspecified length of time, uh, he his, his rise to this position is remarkable and so rare. Usually yeah. the pathway of most coaches is they stay within premiership rugby club setups. Yeah. But Joe, yeah. Shaw, Joe Shaw's journey, after finishing as a player, he... Um, he coached Westo Rugby Club, which is in the northeast, South Shields Westo, who are currently in level seven. Nice. Northumberland one. Yeah. And he coached he coached them and led them to where is it? Um He led them to three league titles, two county cups, and reached the final of the Power Gen Intermediate Cup. Fair play. Then then he went on from there. So he went from Westo in South Shields uh, to be the head coach of Kowloon Rugby Club in Hong Kong. 
Wow. Three years later, he did so well with them, he became Hong Kong's national coach. <laughs> what? And then he's come to Saracens and he's he headed up their successful A-League and LV Cup teams in 2015 and has been part of the coaching team. And as other people like Sanderson and Borthwick and um, Gustard have, have gone on, he's now head coach. That's incredible. Wow. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. I had no, genuinely had no idea. Neither did I until after I was quite taken with him when, when he was chatting. I thought in the way that we say it about various coaches and I've said it about Rob, Rob Baxter before I, I, I interviewed him before and after the game. And I thought I, I would, I'd, I'd run through a brick wall for you. Mm. And, and so I, I looked him up and um, yeah, I was pretty, I'm pretty amazed by his story. Uh, I'm very Saracens to find him as well. Of all the clubs that are going to find him, it kind of stacks up. It would be Saracens. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I didn't see that little interview, but I didn't see your interview with Tobias Matson after the game, who was almost speechless at times and dumbfounded. At times. I don't know if that came across from from where you were stood, Tim. There was a moment where because um, I'm hearing all sorts of stuff in my earpiece whilst also listening to you know who I'm what what what's being said by the person I'm posing the questions to and there was a point where the the feed was cutting in and out so I was kind of a, ever so slightly microscopically distracted and I I I got paranoid at one point just to buy Matson sort of paused and I I thought have I just missed the fact that he's finished answering the question do i need to ask another one and then he i thought then i went no this is all happening in my mini nanoseconds i'm going hold on have i done something wrong here have i did he finish is he finished do i need to get and anyway i'd left it another beat and then he picked it up again but yeah i don't know if that is revealing about uh, his thoughts on quins in any way i don't know what you read into that do you think he'll be a little bit bereft of ideas no I, I think um, I think a big bit is just getting personnel back for Quinns like obviously Danny Kerr and Esther Hazen are incredibly influential but as it turns out they're not as influential as Dombran and Marcus Smith and, all of them combined or yeah the, com- the combination yeah well, and, and, and equally that their back row uh, they're without uh Chisholm, Dombrant, Lorde, Evans, Kenningham, Kenningham, and and they and Levis was on the bench coming back today. Yeah, Wilco Lowe was having his first game in three months, maybe his first match even of the season. Of the season. And he, only, he only lasted twenty eight minutes before he got yeah. Shepherd's crook. That was a bit off. ominous. I mean, it's it's not really the best game to easy because he was was he originally lined up to be on the bench yeah Kerrod was on the bench and he was uh, sorry Kerrod was starting and I he was like, on the why, bench why and he flipped it around on yeah, the morning of the game because someone got injured there was a press release yeah one of the second rows Th- went that down that was the loose head prop L- yeah. oh no no it's L's they, they swapped L's. yeah but they swapped the I can't remember but they, there was something they did with the props as well yeah, so Kerrod was down to start, to start. and and Lowe was down on, as number 18 on the bench, and they just swapped, swapped Kerrod and Lowe around. Because there was an injury to the loose head prop. I don't think so. It was just a... Yeah, I just a, thought it was tactical. Oh. Um, what do you make of this young lad, Jeronicious? Well, it does say... So this is the Harlequin's team change, because I read it, and I was like, this doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, so, it does make sense. It, it res- sounds like it's linked, but it's not. I'm sure so it's not. Harlequins have made a late change. Reserve prop Jordan Ells drops out of the match day 23, having failed a late fitness test, with Mac Wilson taking his place in the 17 jersey. Will Colo will now start in the 3 jersey, with Simon Kerrod swapping to the bench at 18. So Why? Yeah, they're, they're unrelated. <laughs> they're two, but they're two, two un... Yeah, now I know it is two unrelated statements, albeit... Dressed up as one. Yeah, it's written as one statement. Um, who knows? Anyway. Uh, what is Joe Vicious like, if that's how you say his name? Uh, young guy, talented, come from London, Scottish. And another example of what you can find in the Championship. And, uh, yeah, he's got something about him, but he's not He's not Ben Earl or Billy Vanapola. Yeah, it's a big ask, isn't it, for Luke Wallace, Archie White and Joe Vicious to go against Ben Earl, Vanapola and whoever else they find in their academy. Yeah, and Will Colo in his first game of the season to go against uh, Vanapola and Vincent Cock. Yeah. That's always going to be tough. Yeah. They'll Those Vanapola mi- boys, my, my, they've got the bit between their teeth. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, though, Saracens are going to miss Vincent Cock a lot next year. Who wouldn't? He's one of the best sides in the world. Isn't he? He's such a good player. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, actually, I think Harlequins did well to keep this to 10. Who's, who's sorry, to, sorry, to keep this to 19. To 19. Tim. Was it was it as was it a, a, as ugly a game to watch as it appeared it would? I don't know whether my thoughts were clouded because I was in bitterly cold, horrible wind and rain. It was it was a bit ugly, and it looked like the wind. Uh, Quinns had it in the first half, didn't they? And Saracens had it in the second half. It looked yeah. it looked like it it had an uh, immaterial effect on the game shall we say yeah I, I thought the game was actually relatively high standard I, I quite enjoyed it I thought Saracens squandered a few too many chances particularly at the start I mean goodness they, me they both blew guilt edge chances at the start didn't they Don, Don Morris not giving just giving the ball giving to, to Maitland yeah was it no wasn't it Lazowski no it was it was, it was Don, Don Morris it was Don Morris to, to Maitland on the right hand side um yeah. Give it to great mates, he'll do the rest. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Saracens just look ominous, don't they? My, if Saracens win this league this year, I don't think it's a good advert for the league that they can drop out for a year, lose half the players, and still win the thing. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's an interesting one. So it's always been that question with Saracens how much of it was the fact that they were paying above the salary cap, and how much is the fact that they have got this amazing coaching setup and they do get the best out of their yeah. lads and it was unlikely and it, that it'd be both but it might be yeah <laughs> i think it, i think it is both i think it might be both as and well it, well you say it's unlikely but winning your european cup multiple times that does suggest it's both because yeah. you, you don't yes. go you don't be well covering up your salary cap infringements for so long must take quite a lot of you know <laughs> intellectual property doesn't it but the, the the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people were signings that they could have won the European Cup without like, like, like they could have Daly, without Elliot Daly Williams. was the one Elliot Daly, Elliot Daly. Yeah, by all Lee means Williams. by all means steal players from French teams but don't steal our players <laughs> that was kind of like the message yeah. that said isn't there a Harlequins lad moving to Saracens next year Tizard, he looks decent. Tizard, yeah, that's the mm. one. Good player. So, yeah, Saracen's ominous, very ominous. Who have we got next week? Saturday so, the 19th. Shall I give you the upcoming matches? 
Yes, please. Oh, was there was there any game we missed there? Newcastle were on a bye week, were they? Yes. Yeah, we we, we touched yeah. on Wasps Bath a little bit in the um, in the main pod actually, um, we, mainly about a Jomo, but Bath did some nice things. Oh but yeah, but again Hammond did some nice things. But then yeah, but then after the Rockadugunie red card on forty odd minutes, and then playing. Um, most of the last 10 minutes with 13 players because of the De Glanville yellow, which I feel was a bit harsh, that yellow. I think he was actually in a reasonable position to catch that ball. But um, it doesn't matter because Bath get zero points out of the game and Wasps get a bonus yeah. point win. So on Friday, when I put my bets on, I just look at the players and I sort of think, who would I have, who I, who I, who I wouldn't have in a combined 15 and sort of make my prediction on that? It, you know, uh, Bath or... The sublime to the ridiculous. They, re- I mean, a nineteen-year-old lock, but then they've got the two of the most expensive. Well, yeah, probably two of the most expensive back rows in the country. Num- two of the most expensive number eights in the country. I mean, both playing. This is why people need to be fired. This is not how you spend money. It can't be how you spend money. <laughs> it's just so stupid, you know. And then I'm like, oh, Ben Spencer's heat. Oh, he's class. Bailey, love him. Will Muir, amazing. Max Ajomo. Have I mentioned that I like Max Ajomo? I think you do quite like him, don't you? Jonathan Joseph, one of the most talented guys in the country. And then the other two, right? <laughs> um, but, like, you can't win a game with Jack DeToy, Darcy Ray, and Valerie, Valerie, Mo- um, Valerie Mo- Morozov and a 19-year-old second row. You can't do that. So, you know, they've spent the money on these amazing players. It's like they've got a Ferrari to drag their caravan about. It's just so stupid. The whole construction of the Bath Squad is so stupid. And yet, you know, the, you know yeah, yeah, that's why it's so important that they just... A, Fer- a Ferrari would do a decent job pulling the caravan. It's more, um, you've, you got a, you've got a Soviet larder to pull your... Um, what's that? What are those amazing All right. uh, silver metallic... Caravan things, oh, what are they called? Yeah, the airstream things. No, no, airstream. Okay, you've got a Ferrari to plough your field, right? There you go. Pulling up, yeah. P- yeah, there you go. Pu- pulling the plough. Yeah, these things don't make sense. When did Tom Purdy join Bath? Oh, what you mean a mid-season signing joining <laughs> Bath? Weird, weird. Wasn't expecting that. The, the mid-season signings should be like a huge red light to anyone who supports any team. If you're filling up with loan loanies, free signings, all these guys, Bath do it more than anyone else. I can't. Be- I, I've said it before. I can't, simply can't believe that Bath have any salary cap space available to sign mid-season signings. You get ex- you get extra money when there's injuries. Okay. They only for one, though, don't you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Keep, I don't know. I can't keep up. But right. Yeah. It was entirely predictable. I think Dorsey Ray mid-season signing, Valerie Morozov mid-season signing, Tom Hardy mid-season signing. You know, Nathan Hughes. Nathan Hughes, of Simpson. course. Simpson, Joe Simpson. Uh, he's gone now, I think. He will be played in this game. Is he still there? Is he on the bench? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, another one. He got done by uh, Doggers. Rich. Is D Carp- Carpentier not a mid-season signing from Sevens? He might have been at the start of the season. I think he tr- might have even trained with him last season. No, he is. I'm sure he is this season. Did Did you see Doggers hand off on Joe Simpson and just? Sit down. Yes, Get I also saw, I also saw a Jomo go round doggers, and yeah. I and I saw uh, there's a bit of a foot race between Ben Spencer and Dan Robson, and Ben Spencer burnt Dan Robson. And I know it's a bit harsh on Dan Robson that because he had to turn, uh, but 
Spencer looked a lot quicker. I still think it's amazing that Rob Miller play, play, plays rugby. He's still playing rugby. I mean, he's only 32. <laughs> but for some reason, I think he's much, much older. Uh, Premiership X top try top scorer. scorer. He did that in Stockport. Can you, remember, can you believe it? <laughs> when they were back in Stockport. It feels like, year, well, it was years ago. It must be 10 years ago. Mm. Right, next week's game, JB. Uh, yeah. Oh, did, uh, did Ulster play? No. Oh, well, that's a, thank God. It's a nice, easy, nice, easy uh, section there. Um, there were a few URC games, but I don't really care if Ulster aren't playing. And that was your URC update. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. First, of, first, first up, Friday night. Worcester fans rejoice because you'll be getting a win. You're playing Bristol Bears. Ooh, that'll be an interesting game. At Worcester. Televised game, that. On, uh, on BT Sport. Do yeah, that will be interesting. And do you know what, do you know what that means? I'm just thinking... 45 minute build up on a Friday night uh, at, at Worcester first live game since Diamond takes over there will be I guarantee uh, I, again I'm guaranteeing without knowing but I'm almost certain if I was that there will be a, a Diamond piece that's been done at, yes. an interview at the training ground and yeah, uh, perfect give the people what they want awesome yeah. they all want this give it wait to them. for Diamond fireworks Diamond fireworks, love it. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind another piece on Bristol Bears. Maybe tell us about love or culture or brotherhood, something like that. That'd be really cool. Um, Question: Will Worcester have their lions back, Duan and Sutherland? Um, Duan, Dimes will make them. Yes, yeah, they absolutely. Should, they should be available, shouldn't they? Yeah, they have Dimes to play. Make them, yeah, yeah. Too right, they'll be there. Mm. They'll be there. Give me Worcester then. Give me Worcester, hundred percent. Um, Historically, yeah, I'm go for Worcester, the best game. No, what am I talking about? I'm going to go for Bears. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, historically, one of the best matchups in the league: Bath versus Leicester. Polar Ooh. opposites now. Yes. Uh, I am going for a record win for Leicester. Record um, away win. At record Bath. away win at the rack. A hundred points. Two hundred. Two hundred nil. Two hundred nil to Leicester Tigers. Tim, do you, I'll do go, you uh, I'll go. No, one hundred ninety-nine. No, no. It would be a Leicester win by ten. At least two scores, Leicester win. Uh, serious, twenty points at least. Uh, this will be a great game. Harlequins wasps. Mm, Harlequins missing their big boys, but oh. they can still score tries. They wasps can. Will still still score tries. So. Yeah, should be good. 40 points all. Yeah, this where, has draw written all over it, actually. Where, where is that? Is that at the stoop? At the stoop, at the stoop yeah. Mm, I Actually, at the stoop is a big deal. What did you go for? Give me Quinns. Quinns need to win this. If I open up my app on Friday and it says Stook, Fafita, Launchbury, I'll be picking Wasps. Mm, and Barbary. Um, yeah. Who scored Barbary. two tries at the end? Ridiculously. Yeah. Ridiculous yeah. human. He just, he just knows where to be. I'm 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 Quinn's at home just that'll be close though that'll be tough. Okay. Um Irish versus Saracens at Irish. Ooh. If Irish are going to win against Saracens at any time, this is the time to do it. Well, they drew last time. So, they drew at the Alliance. The Alliance, is it Alliance? Cap X Stonex. Stonex, Stonex. what the hell? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um 
Again, depend on their locks. But you know, the ultimate kryptonite to a well-organised team is London Irish because you don't really know what they're going to get up to. I like London Irish. I am going to say they are going to beat Saracens. Give me a 32-all draw. Yep. <laughs> One. Uh, I'm going to go Saracens by three points. Next game, a team that loves the physical versus a team that can't bear it. <laughs> Sale versus Northampton. At Franklin's Garden. At Franklin's Garden. I can't think of it. Give me sale. By a lot, I'd expect. Sale by nine. And that means I've gone for Bristol away, sale away, Tigers away, away. uh, and uh, Saracens away. What was the other game? Tigers Tigers away. Yeah. Tigers away. Uh, And last one, Sunday. Yeah. Upper Kingston Park. Chiefs. Falcons against Chiefs. Exeter away. I'm going for a clean sweep of away wins. Well, That's... Quinn's Wasps, are you saying, away? Oh, no, no, no. So, so oh, yeah, well, I'm going to change it now. Just, yes. Full... Clean sweep of away wins. Just so wow. I'm saying Wasps will sneak it. You get some good odds, odds on that. Yeah. Worcester. Leicester. Depends on Quinn's, but uh, provisionally Quinn's. London Irish. Sale. Exeter. Oof, some tasty matchups. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Right, Super Bowl time, boys. So, if you like what you've heard, uh, download. Download it again, because we get more downloads and more money. Uh, subscribe, uh, do all those things, and also email us if you want to. If you've got something to say to us, that'd be great. Join Patreon, that's even better. Um, email address is contract, contact eggchasers at gmail.com, and we will see you next week for... Some in so no, not international for some premiership action. Mm. So until then, good night and enjoy the Super Bowl. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.